See, it all started one day when I was walking down the street. I look left and I look right, thinking, how can life be so nice again? La da da da, la da da da, la da da da, sing it, baby. La da da da, la da da da, la da da da, no, sing it, baby. All the things that we can be and all the things that we can see. All the things that we can be and all the things that we can see. You're listening to the Curse Cast with David Carl and RJ Montano. David and RJ will take you through the latest recaps, news, and interviews from around New Mexico United Soccer. You can shoot us comments or questions at the Curse NM on Twitter, the Curse New Mexico on Facebook, or email the show at thecursenm at gmail.com. And now a part of the beautiful game network and recorded from the studios of ESPN Radio 1017 the team, here's David and RJ with the Curse Cast. Thank you for tuning into the Curse Cast. RJ Montano alongside David Carl, and we are back. We want a game. We want a game. We want a game. We want a game. Yeah. So, uh, hello, everybody. It's been a while. Uh, I remember the last time that it had been a while, we were like, yeah, we're going to do this more regularly. And then. Uh, then life. <laughs> RJ uh, started the medical program over at UN, emergency medicine program over at UNM. Uh, and, and that's made him busy, and I'm, as I told you last time, working a new job, going back and forth from Santa Fe. So it's been busy, but we are excited to be back, uh, and, and we're excited to talk about our New Mexico United win uh, this past Sunday against Oklahoma City, a much-needed win, RJ. At Oklahoma City. Yes. Boy, did we need that three points. Yeah. That three points has pulled us right back now into the playoff back picture. into the playoff picture, yeah. which we were out of. We were out of the playoff picture. We are back, and uh, it's so optimistic looking forward. It's positive. We have two grueling games coming up, and then we have five games that we should kick the shit out of people. Should. 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 Hope- I said should. Yeah, hopefully we will. Hopefully we will. But let's talk about this one first. Let's talk about the match at Oklahoma City. Uh 3-1, your final. Uh, Devin Sandoval with uh, the goal of the season, potentially. Uh, at least it's up there with, with among the goals of the season. Uh, in the 11th minute, a corner kick comes in. I believe it was Manny who took the corner. I have to double, go back and double-check, but Manny takes a corner kick. Uh, it bounces around, falls to the head of David Estrada, who heads it down uh, and across, and it bounces high. And uh, your boy, Devin Sandoval, Big Dev himself, goes up. Uh, what's kind of become a little bit of a trademark for him. This is not the first time he's scored with a beautiful bicycle kick uh, to give New Mexico United a 1-0 lead uh, there I remember in the last year. So Atlanta United was, I believe, Atlanta United too. It, was it the USL goal of the year? I think I it might have been. I think so, yeah. I remember seeing that and being like, that guy's coming here to play. Yeah. How, how exciting is this? Another bicycle kick. Yeah. And Man, it's just so cool to see him go up and just flick it right in the back of the net. And he he almost had one a few weeks ago. Yes, well, against Orange County, and uh, so he it was that was a nice bicycle right kick too. Right in front of the curse too. Well, and 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 the ball hits the Orange County defender in the face, and the Orange County defender who is I'm just, the Orange County defender is trying to waste time goes down and pretends like it hits like him the, in the face. foot kicked him. Ah, yeah, that, it was, that was bull. But anyway. Um, yeah, so not the first time he has hit a a, a very nice uh, uh, bicycle kick, uh, and again it's it gives New Mexico United a one 0 lead in the eleventh minute. Uh, shortly thereafter, 
we we take a two 0 lead when uh, we draw a penalty. I, who drew the penalty in the sixteenth minute? Uh, I think it was Santi. Santi was pulled down in the box, yep. and Devin takes the PK. Devin takes the PK, makes it two goals for Dev. And and I really want to talk about this. This is this is good for Dev. Uh, I'm glad to see him scoring. Um, he's played really well, but he just hasn't finished lately. Uh, and it's been super tight. You know, it, it's been on the inside of the post. It's been just over the bar. And so to see him get those goals, I'm I'm really happy to see that. Uh, and and frankly, again, he he played very well um, in this match, even outside of the goals. So again, very good to see Dev playing that well, and it's and two it, nil lead. It wasn't for a lack of effort either. No, I mean, absolutely They were not. just unlucky kicks that he had. Just, I mean, sometimes he, they don't bounce your way. Yeah, and it seemed like for a big stretch, they just weren't bouncing Devin's way. Yeah. And finally, to see him come up with the two quick goals in the first half, uh, man, it was great to see Devin get those. Yeah, absolutely. So a two nil lead, uh, and that is in the uh, that goes into halftime with a two nil lead. Um, and then shortly thereafter, Deshaun Brown comes in. Uh, he gets a goal in the fifty seventh minute. Uh, this this one troubled me a bit, RJ. It was a long pass, uh, but it was a back pass from Santi Moar uh, that was intended for, I don't remember who, but it was intended for a teammate um, and then was just kind of allowed to trickle uh, to Deshaun Brown, who was essentially through on goal. Uh, goes inside of, uh, of of Rashid, and he's through on goal and, and puts it past Cody, so it's 2-1 to one, and at that point, uh, I'm a little nervous, frankly. Yeah, and Brown turned on the burners for that because he just got there quick and, and I mean... Eh. It seemed like it was. It wasn't an any one for New Mexico instead of. It wasn't any one player's fault. It just seems like everybody kind of. It was. What's that old abdication of responsibility? Mm-hmm. So no, no, my my teammates got that. No, my teammates got that. And then all of a sudden, nobody's got it. And and Browns threw on goal. So uh, two to one at that point. But yeah, you're right. It was a little nerve wracking because they're like, okay, they're on, uh, they're at home, and now they're gaining momentum. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So two to one, uh, and then uh, shortly thereafter, 14 minutes to be exact. Uh, Chris Weehan, our guest for the evening, by the way, going to be coming up in just a little bit. Uh, but he gets the insurance goal, a really nice play from Brucey coming down the right flank, putting, as you said, putting on the burners uh, and blowing past two defenders. And it looked for all the world like he was going to shoot. Uh, he, he had a decent angle, probably would have gone high in near post, would have been my guess. And at the last possible second, those quick twitch fibers in his muscles turn and he lays it off for a streaking bees who comes into the top of the box and fires at home, left side, uh, toward the upper portion of the post, far post, and and, a, and New Mexico United has a 3-1 lead that insurance goal sorely needed, and uh, happy to see it. Yeah, no, I mean... Watching watching Brucey run down, you're just like, holy crap, he's gonna he's gonna burn this. In. He's blown like, by, he's, blown yeah, by he's blown by people. He's got a really good angle mm-hmm. for a, a goal for himself, and uh, he, he just he kicks back, and you're like, what are you what, what are you doing? Like, and then here comes Bees streaking into the screen because the camera he wasn't even in the camera angle, right? Yet. Wasn't even in the frame, and he just kicks it right in the back of the net. It was so. Oh, man, it was, it was great to see them clicking like that, too, yeah. because we haven't seen that in the past month, I think. It's been about a month since, since the El Paso game. Yeah. They haven't really been clicking on all cylinders, or they haven't been clicking together. It seems like they've been almost there a lot of times. And then in the past uh, two matches, it seems like they haven't been anywhere to be found. Two but. points for the last four prior to that, so sorely needed. And, and as we've talked about several times, a very very crowded Western Conference, and and before the the Oklahoma City game, they they lost seven nothing in the last two games. Yeah, so to see them finally clicking on offense, and and, and pretty much. 
defense. I mean, they were clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, I mean, that season. one mistake, again, that abdication of responsibility, throw that out and you've got a 3 nil shutout victory, uh, which is fantastic. We don't have many shutouts. Uh, so, yeah, that would have been great. But, again, uh, we take those three points. It was overall a, a an incredibly solid team performance. And, frankly, uh, with the exception of the, the El Paso match where we won 3-0 kind of going away, I think it's the best performance we've had in several months. Yeah, since uh, we started the season off in, on, the, on that tear. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, and I said this to you after the match, uh, RJ, if New Mexico United plays like that moving forward, uh, they can beat anybody in the Western Conference, and I include Phoenix in that. Um, if they play like that, both offensively and defensively, uh, the midfield controls the ball like they have. The passing efficiency, the, the passing percentage in the midfield had to have been through the roof. I don't know what the numbers are. Uh, but the way that they controlled the ball, guys like David Estrada. David Estrada played his the game of his game of the season. He was absolutely fantastic. He was my man of the match, despite Devin's two goals. Devin was absolutely fantastic, and he was great. Uh, maybe maybe a co man of the match for me was were Devin and David. Um, you know, not even including the assist that he had to Dev. Uh, just the way he controlled the flow of the game. Uh, he was distributing beautifully. I don't know if he put a pass wrong the entire match. He was absolutely fantastic. Juan has been playing fantastic as far as his distribution goes. Our midfield has been really really solid. Um, and our offense, you know, we have a high firepower team overall. We score a lot of goals, haven't lately, but we score a lot of goals. So if they click like they have the ability to and the defense gels like they have at times, the defense overall towards the second half of the season has been miles better than they have in the first half of the season. Obviously, there's some anomalies there. The game in Las Vegas, the game uh, in San Antonio. Obviously, neither one of those are great, giving up five goals each. Mm-hmm. You take out those, and overall, lately, the second half of the season, the team has been better defensively. When they click on all on all facets like they did uh, this past weekend at Oklahoma City, they can beat anyone. They can beat Phoenix. They can beat St. Louis. They can beat Tampa. They can beat New York, too. Uh, you know, they can beat Reno. They can beat any of these teams when they click like this. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe that. Well, and, and well, let's take a look at this. Phoenix hasn't looked that great they have an amazing win streak. <laughs> I was going to say they, they have an amazing as win bad streak, as you can by winning 18 in a row. <laughs> getting lucky, lucky at the end of matches sure. to keep this win streak alive. That's solo and Asante it's goal. Solo Asante sick. diving, not really a solo Asante doing much. He's getting these off of PKs, off of dives. And, you know, if somebody's actually watching what this guy's doing, yeah. he's he's not. He's diving. He's not. He's not that great. I mean, he's a great player. He's, he's a fantastic. Player. He's a fantastic player. But he's getting away with a lot of these things, and I think sure. because of his name now, they're giving him to him a lot more. So hopefully, we have a ref, which we haven't had very great refs. This last match, we had it was a probably the best ref we had all, yeah, season, all season, honestly. But if somebody's watching this, they're not going to let him get away with that. And I think we can beat Phoenix. I mean, if, There's if been we a, we've had a penalty against us every diving, time we played them, if they don't get away with diving, I think we will beat Phoenix. That's a big if, man. It's <laughs> a big if. And the thing is, as as you as you mentioned, you know, Sante. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree that he dives a lot. Uh, he's got twenty one goals. Twenty one goals. That's ridiculous. Uh, eight of those are on penalties. Eight. That's a lot. And thirteen goals is nothing to scoff at either. Let's throw that out there. Um, well, and, and but some it ain't twenty one. Been off of pretty close uh, goal kicks as well. Sure, cor- yeah, uh, uh, corners, uh, not set corners, pieces, uh, set pieces, sure. and and, and um, just outside the box. Well, the goal that they scored in their most recent match, uh, Asante scored. I think it was like the 89th minute. That was a stupidly good. Uh, set piece from just outside the 18. I mean, it was inside of the post, bounced across. It was a gorgeous goal. Nobody denies Solo Sante's talent, but I agree with you wholeheartedly on the diving. It's infuriating. It's infuriating. And uh, hopefully when they come to town, 
There's none of that. Uh, none of that here. Again, well, we played I, them yeah. twice at their place. They've gotten penalties in both matches, and we still have not lost them. We beat them once and we tied them once. I'll be wearing my swim cap for that match. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, but but looking ahead uh, with that, that that's going to be our toughest game remaining. We We've also got two have, tough ones. We have Reno, yeah. which is going to be tough as well. But there's a lot going on that one. We that was our first loss of the season, and it was a game in that we feel like fashion. we shouldn't have lost. Yeah. I mean, that was a goal. I believe they scored again in the 89th minute uh, to beat us. I think it was 3-2 was the final. That one hurt. Um, so it would be really nice to come back and beat them at our place. They are the, right now third in the Western Conference. They're a team that looks really solid, uh, really comfortable, um, but not unbeatable. I really think we can beat them, um, and hopefully we will. Uh, again, you mentioned two Really tough matches um, of our remaining seven, those obviously being Reno, who's in third, and Phoenix the following week, who's in first. But beyond that, this coming weekend, we've got Colorado Springs toward the bottom of the table, a team we frankly should beat. We've got RGV uh, after Reno and Phoenix, a team that we should beat. We drew them the first time, but that was because Dynamo sent down five players. Uh, We've got Tulsa, a team that is not, uh, not a bad team, but is a beatable team, and we're playing at their place, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, We're playing... Uh, at uh, Tacoma uh, in the second to final, second to last game of the season. That'll be here. That's here. And then we close it out uh, on the 19th uh, against Las Vegas. And boy, would I like some revenge on that one. Yeah, and Vegas sucks away from Vegas. Yeah. I, we, when we When we went there, uh, it was, was... not fun. No. Well, I, I was very hot and humid, and we lost 5-0, and there was a stupid guy on the field, and... Bobo. Bobo the clown. Uh, yeah. Wacky, waving, inflatable tube man. Other than that, Vegas was great, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but no, again, uh, you, you're right, though. I agree wholeheartedly. We, we're getting aside from the point here. Uh, I agree with you that these are matches that we should win. And frankly, we said this prior to the last game, you know, after we lost Orange County 2-0, I put this out on Twitter. It's every match from here on out is a playoff match, every single mm-hmm. one. And the Western Conference is so crowded that if we can go ahead and and we can win most of these matches, we could get as high as fourth. We could finish fourth in the Western Conference. And then we're hosting a playoff game, at least one of them. Um, or we could lose. We could lose a couple games and we could not make the playoffs. The, the season is made is obviously made in the next seven matches. And we control our own destiny. And that's all you can ask for as a club. We, as a club, in our first year, control our destiny to host a playoff match. And these guys, I don't think they need extra motivation. They know. They know how high the stakes are. They know how important these next matches are. And if they don't, Troy will make sure they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these guys, I mean, they've got heart. Nobody ever, Nobody's ever denied that they have heart. Uh, that heart will be tested in the next seven matches, both home and away. I'm excited to see how they come home and play. Because it seems like maybe the crowd size... Uh, affects the way they play maybe or affects the way the other team plays to where it amps them up because Mm -hmm. they don't ever see crowds like this. Sure. So I'm excited to see the momentum they bring home from this Oklahoma City because we thought the same thing before. Like, hey, look at these great wins that we've had. Momentum coming home is going to be great. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. So now... It's it's playoff push time. I mean, these like you said, these are playoff games. So I'm excited to see how they respond to having thirteen thousand people in the stands. It's also a four corners cup match. Throw that out there. Very important against Colorado Springs this weekend. So uh, if we win both of our remaining four corners cup matches, we win the four corners cup. We've got Colorado Springs this weekend. We've got Phoenix on the twenty eighth. Phoenix has a match, I believe, this weekend. They play against Monarchs, and then they've got us on the twenty eighth. So if we win both those matches. There are only two clubs who control their own destiny. It's us and Phoenix. 
both monarchs and uh, and well, switchbacks are out, but monarchs need some help. So if we win, if we beat Colorado Springs and we beat Phoenix, we take the Four Corners Cup home. How cool would that be in the first year of the competition? That'd be amazing. Yeah, it'd be great. I'd love it. All right. Well, um, again, a lot to look forward to. We've got a couple uh, guests on today. We have two different guests, and we're going to start uh, with a guest from the ALS Association. We've got Katie Crouch coming on. She's going to talk about this awesome tailgate we've got coming up this weekend uh, with the ALS Association. going to talk about Pat Grange, a legend here in New Mexico, um, and what you can do to support the ALS Association. And then immediately following that, we'll have Chris Weehan himself coming on. Stick around. We'll have much more coming up on the CurseCast. Mexico United Soccer. More than a team, this is a family. We wanted so badly, so desperately to do this for Justin and his family and to honor his dad, and we honored him in the best way possible. You better not be the one to doubt us. We had to do Because we going to blow your mind. What a win with the goalie. We had, and it's 3 now. We going to blow your mind. New Mexico United Soccer on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. We going to blow your mind. And welcome back into the Curse Cast. David Carl, RJ Montano here, and we are excited to be joined by Katie Crouch from the ALS Association. We've got a lot of uh, exciting events going on this weekend surrounding uh, raising awareness for ALS. So, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, we've got uh, it's first of all, it's ALS night uh, coming up this weekend, yes. Match against Colorado Springs. Um, and among other things, we are doing. We're partnering on a tailgate, uh, which is very exciting. Tell us a little bit about yeah. what we're what we're doing there. So we are hosting our very first UNM or New Mexico United <laughs> tailgate. I'm NMU just got the, yeah. See, I just got it mixed around. Yeah, exactly. Um, this Saturday, and we're really excited, and we're excited to uh, work with you guys on it and get some folks out there. Um, we're gonna have some live screen printing, and we'll be watching the. Uh, E60 documentary about Pat Grange, who played at UNM mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, passed from ALS when he was 29. So tell us a little bit about Pat. For those who don't know, I mean, he's kind of a legend in the community here, but I think there are some folks, maybe New Mexico United fans who are we've talked about on the past on the show, RJ, uh, who are getting into soccer for the first time. and may not know who Pat Grange is. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about Pat? So Pat Grange was a soccer player here in town, and he was an amazing player. Mm-hmm. Um, he played at UNM. He played up in Chicago for a little while, um, eventually coming back and finishing school here. Um, And then at the age of 27, he got diagnosed with ALS, um, which is very young. People don't get diagnosed that young. It's Mm. usually a later in life disease. Um, And he had it for about 18 months and eventually passed. And uh, so, yeah, we're just, we're continuing his legacy. It's been almost eight years since he's passed away. And um, he just made such a huge impact on the soccer community here um, in Chicago, all over the place. So um, as an association, we try to obviously keep everybody's memory alive. Um, but Pat was a, a very special person, obviously, and he was very young and had a lot going for him. So it was devastating, um, definitely. Sure. But uh, yeah, we're we're just going to honor him and 
and really rally for those folks that are living with it right now. So Absolutely. And this is not the first time you guys have done something to honor Pat. Uh, I can tell uh, you listeners, you know, from times going to the Lobo games, uh, Lobo men's soccer, um, Lobo women's soccer, and the Albuquerque soul matches, uh, every year it seems like uh, there there's an event to honor Pat. Um, and one of the things that we're going to be doing uh, in the fourth minute is something we've done uh, previously at Lobo games, at soul games. Uh, all of us uh, together will put our four fingers in the air uh, for the fourth minute just to, to honor Honor Pat. Pat was number four. Um, so so that's something I think that is really good for, for raising awareness. Um, as far as the tailgate goes, uh, we're going to have some fun. It's going to be, you mentioned the screen printing, mm-hmm. special design uh, meant to honor Pat and proceeds from that going to the ALS Association. Yes. Um, in addition to that, we're going to be, as you, as you mentioned, we're going to be showing the uh, E60 mm-hmm. on Pat Grange on a big TV. It'll be like a movie theater in the parking lot. That'll be a lot yeah. of fun. That's an excellent episode, too. Um, it was kind of before they started doing the ESPN 30 for 30s. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it, it was kind of the one of the things that kicked off the 30 for 30s was the E60. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one on Patrick uh, Pat Grange is just amazing. It's, it's a really well put together story. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be great to watch that on the tent on the big screen with oh, you guys. Yeah. And and. I've watched that documentary like I don't know how many times and yeah. every single time I cry. Yeah, same. Every yeah. single time I cry. And I mean, it's it's tears of sadness, of happiness, of just like hope, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you, if you can't make the tailgate, please watch it. Um, yeah. you can, it's on YouTube. It's called E60, just the Pat Grange story. And, and it's on the ALS Association website as well. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and so the ALS Association, let's talk about the group as a whole. Um, obviously, I would imagine part of the goal is to raise awareness, um, mm-hmm. but it does it go deeper than that. It does. Yeah. So as an association, we try to try our best to motivate and encourage people living with ALS to still live their lives to the fullest. Um, so what we do is we have uh, medical equipment that we loan out. So if they're traveling and they need a wheelchair, we'll loan that out to them because people don't really realize, um, you know, unless you you know somebody with a disability or living with a disability, traveling and getting around and living your day to day life, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. So um, we we try our best just to be there for them and be their support and and provide those resources. We have grants that we give out as well for medical expenses. Um, the average cost of ALS annually is $250,000 a year. Wow. Which is insane. Per person. Per person. That's insane. And there's been cases where people have you know, been prescribed an electric wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that those run like the price of a brand new car, yeah. $35,000, $45,000. So we have some of those in our closet that people can come and you know use while they need it. Um, and then we do our fundraising events and all of our all the proceeds that we raise through our walk, through our fashion show, golf tournaments, those sorts of things um, stay in the state and go back to those people living with ALS. And you mentioned the walk that is coming up soon, correct? It is next weekend, next so, Sunday. So next Sunday, our friends over at Somos Unidos News, they have a team and you can join that team. Um, it's obviously the, the goal is to raise awareness and to raise funds to fight ALS. Um, and so. Please uh, check out Somos Unidos News, their their social media. They have links up there um, and join the team and, and do what you can to, to, to raise money to, to find a cure and, and to, to raise awareness. Heck yeah. Um, one thing that we are doing this year, it's the 20th 
year for the Albuquerque Walk, mm-hmm. which is both exciting and kind of sad at the same time. We shouldn't have to continue to keep doing these things sure. right. Um, we'd much rather have a cure and treatments and that's that sort of thing. Um, but it is also the fifth year of the Ice Bucket Challenge. So <laughs> if you're going to be at the walk, might as well. I might come find you and pour some <laughs> ice water all over your head. It's for a good cause. It is for a good cause. Probably feel good after uh, walking in the heat. Yeah, it really will. In the Albuquerque though. heat, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, and this is going to be held at Isotopes Park. It's at Isotopes Park. It's just a huge party inside the park. It's all to ourselves. Um, last, and you said, I'm sorry, what was the date on that again? Uh, September 22nd. 22nd. Okay. September 22nd. Um, check-in starts at 8. The walk itself will start at 10. We have um, flamenco dancers coming out, mariachi, a DJ. Concessions are open. Beer cells are open this year for the first time, which Wonderful. is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and then... I wish it was a soccer game, but it's going to be a football game on the Jumbotron. That's okay, though. That's all right. We still support the Lobos. Uh, and, and that's it's the Cowboys, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, we support the Cowboys. No, we do not. <laughs> we certainly do not. We certainly do not. Um, but yeah, that's going to be two days after the game against uh, Reno. So yes. yeah, absolutely. Yep. So uh, yeah, again, multiple events coming up where you can get out there, support an amazing cause, an important cause, and one that's important to this community. We have somebody, several people directly impacted by this in our community Every day. Mm -hmm. So you can get out there. Come to the tailgate uh, on Saturday. Everything is free except for the shirts, which and the money raised from the shirts goes to a wonderful cause. So come out, hang out with us, get some free food, watch the movie. It'll be a blast. And then sign up for the for the will there be sign ups at the tailgate for the walk? Yep. Perfect. Yep. Come see me. All right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Katie, for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on and we'll be right back with more of the Curse Cast. Looking for a great place to catch Premier League, MLS, and USL games? Star Brothers Brewing is your family-friendly destination to catch all your favorite soccer matches. Star Brothers is also home to your official New Mexico United watch parties with a Curse Supporters Group. Get 15% off your ticket when you show your Curse membership card. Star Brothers Brewing is located at 700 San Antonio Drive in the Northeast Heights, just east of I-25 on San Antonio. You can find Star Brothers on Facebook or Instagram or visit starbrothersbrewing.com. Watching the one hit wonder on my TV screen Said how his good looks and his groovy beats are gonna help you move your beats in it Welcome back into the Curse Cast, RJ Montano, David Carl, and we are joined by former Lobo and current New Mexico United midfield star Chris Weehan. Thanks for taking the time. Cursecast, appreciate you guys having me on. It's yeah, a pleasure. We're happy to have you. Excited to have you. Um, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Doing well. Yeah, we had the day off today, so travel day yesterday, and then um, Troy gave us the day off today, so it was a little bit of a relaxing day. But I'm doing well. A well earned day off. Uh, seems like for the first time in a while, we're talking about a win. How are you feeling about that? Uh, it's great. You know, I think uh, it was a really good team performance uh, over the weekend in Oklahoma City. Um, a tough environment, a really tough place to play. Uh, you know, they don't get a ton of fans, but just that field and the turf and um, just being on the road in general is hard. So it was uh, it was a, a really good victory for us. And, um, you know, back to work tomorrow and preparing for another big one on Saturday. That was one of the things I want to talk to you about was the turf. I did not know prior to this match that they played on a turf field. There aren't many of those in the Western Conference. Uh, how does that change your game? Uh, is it quicker? Yeah, it's, it's quicker. I think um, the unique thing about this field was... The school, the field was actually at a middle school, 
What? It's a. I think it's a historic stadium in terms of uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah. From what I heard, it, it's it's a cool stadium, um, and they've renovated it for the energy. But it takes place at a at a middle school, like a current middle school that still has students yeah. and things. Yeah. Wow. Current, current. I think it's Taft Middle School is what it said. Um, but the f- the field was really hard mm-hmm. and it was really narrow. Um, I don't know why I think I f- I just feel like most fields that are inside of a turf are going to be the same dimension. Right. Um, but this one was really narrow for whatever reason. So it made it, it, you know, it changed the game a little bit. Well, that was one of the things I was talking to uh, a couple people. We were watching the game at Star Brothers um, and we noticed the field looked a little bit narrow. Does that, I mean, is that play to your advantage? I mean, Isotopes Park, the field there is pretty narrow as well. Yeah, I don't think it actually played into um, a disadvantage at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were prepared for it. We had trained all week kind of on a narrow field in, in small dimensions, um, pr- preparing for, you know, kind of chaos. Uh, you know, as long balls come in, um, second balls, there's a lot of players, not a lot of room on the field. So, um, yeah, I don't think it played to our disadvantage at all. Okay. And you, uh, yourself... You get a goal. You get the third one uh, on a really nice run from Brucey. He sprints down the right uh, right line past two defenders, cuts the ball back, looks like to all the world like he's going to shoot, and you make the late run to the top of the box. Uh, take us through it. Yeah, it was uh, you know it was a great run um, by Brucey. I think he combined. Um, I'm not sure if it was Manny or or, or who he combined with um, the initial play, but he made a great run, and I was yelling for the ball and. He told me after the game that uh, good thing I was yelling because he was going to shoot it. It looked like he was going to. I think his hips turned at the last possible second. Yeah, so I was shouting because there was nobody with me, um, and everyone was looking to him. But, uh, yeah, it was a great pass by by Brucey, and, um, yeah, I was just fortunate to put it on frame and, and get the third goal. It was a, it was a big one. It was a big momentum change because mm-hmm. they had scored the first goal, and, and you know, they looked like they were going to, you know, be in it for the last 10 minutes or so, and so that was a good um, – a good goal for us and uh, you know gave us a little bit of breathing room the last 10 12 minutes on the, on television i don't know if you you saw this but uh, bruce is going at it and i'm for sure he's going to shoot and then he passes back and i'm like what the hell is he doing because yeah. you weren't even in frame yet <laughs> and then he just comes streaking in and then it's a uh, beautiful goal just right at the back of the net it was it was awesome to see but yeah it looked like you were just I mean, no one within 10 yards of you in any direction. Well, and you still had some work to do, too, on that. It was not an easy shot. I mean, you I mean, you, you went far post. You went high. I mean, that was not an easy put away. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, I, I, my whole goal was just I was just trying to keep my head down and put it on frame. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the biggest thing that I tell, you know, youth players that I work with that, you know, if you don't put it on frame, then the goalkeeper doesn't have to make a save. Um, so you don't give yourself a chance. So I was just trying to put it on frame, and I was going back post the whole way because the goalkeeper was coming from his near post. But um, I was giving you know Brucey a hard time after the game because uh, you know, like he said, he said he wasn't going to pass it. He was shooting it. He didn't even see me there yeah. himself. Um, but I was telling him it's just like the goal that he scored um, a while back. I think it was against Austin where I played him the ball where I could have shot it. Yep. And he was wide open, so he was, owed you one. Yeah, exactly. And we were kind of joking about that after the game, but it was a great assist from him. So the other two goals uh, in the match scored by Devin Sandoval. Uh, great to see him get on the score sheet again. He's had a little bit of a rough patch as far as scoring goals lately. Um, any conversations with him prior to the match? After the match? I mean, he he had to have been elated, especially what was the best goal in the league this week on a bicycle kick in the eleventh minute. What do you mean by elated? It's Devin Sandoval. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he's just he's the same level all yeah, the time. Exactly. We're we're roommates on the road. Um, 
and you know our friendship has grown tremendously over this year. Um, but I told him after the game, I was just I was so happy for him because it's been coming. Mm-hmm. You can feel it. Even the bicycle kick, he had the one blocked against Orange County, yep. where he connected on so well, and then he got called got called for a foul on that. He made no contact with the other guy, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah, exactly. But you know, you can feel it with Devin. It's been coming, and and he's such a hard worker. He he puts so much into it, especially. Um, you know, even after he's he scored two goals, I know he's going to go out this week and he's going to be, you know, putting in extra work after training, trying to, you know, even fine tune his his scoring ability in front of goal. Sure. So um, I was just really happy for him. I told him that, and um, you know, he deserved the first goal certainly, and and a really well taken PK. Well, and the and the thing about it is, I, I say that he's struggled to score lately, but he hasn't struggled to make chances, and some of the misses that he's had have been. Inches. I mean, I remember in particular the match against LA Galaxy 2 uh, when I think we had something like 26 shots on goal. Not on goal, but 26 shots. Um, and there was one that was inside of the post. Just like it was the a, a half an inch to the left and it was a goal. And, and he's been creating a ton of chances. So it's not like he has been struggling. He has not. Uh, it's just been hasn't quite hit the twine. So it's, again, good to see it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think what we're starting to see um, is goalkeepers are kind of standing on their head when they come to New Mexico. Yep. Um, you know, they're motivated. They got you guys behind them yelling at them the whole game. Um, and so he's been creating chances. He's been in front of goal. He's he's such a poacher, and, and that's what a forward does is anything inside the box they're, they're you know, looking to get on. And, and he's been in the right place at the right time, and, and he's even connected well, and, and goalkeepers have made saves, so... Um, you know, it's a big, I think, sigh of relief for him, and hopefully that's just kind of the spark he needs to really get on the score sheet a bunch the rest of the season. Well, speaking of uh, you you and Devin, you guys got a couple soccer camps coming up. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, it's it's something I saw um, on the schedule with this this four games in a row at home. Um, just an opportunity to, to get ourselves out in the community and, and you know, give back. I You know, I love teaching young kids and I never had the opportunity when I was growing up to have kind of a professional soccer player professional soccer team in my backyard um growing up in Southern California I'd go to Galaxy games but you know those guys you can never even get close to them Mm -hmm. um and I think we just want to you know provide that little inspiration and you know if kids want to come out and 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 learn some soccer from Devin myself then uh yeah, we're just hoping to get involved in the community. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal, too, to have a couple soccer players, especially you guys, who Devin's from here, and you're basically from here now, uh, to, to be able to have guys that, that people could look up to and go out and kind of learn from you guys, take some tips from you, especially these uh, younger kids that are kind of learning the game and the high schoolers that kind of want to get to that next level. Being able to, to go hang out with you guys and learn that is, is, is a big opportunity, something that wasn't here in Albuquerque even a year ago. Yeah, exactly. I think... Um, when we were at UNM, you know, we could do camps, but we were kind of limited on what we could do for kids outside of, of UNM. And, and with your schedule, it's just so much more time consuming with practice and, and school. So, you know, now we have a little bit more time on our hands and, you know, we have a, a month at home essentially. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, yeah, we kind of came together, the two of us and created this little idea and, and hopefully it's successful and hopefully we can, you know, just, do our part to inspire these youth players and then, you know, give back to the community as well. 
Yeah, it's great. It's uh, three sessions, September 15th, September 22nd, September 29th. So the next few weeks. So the next few weeks. Yeah, three weeks uh, every, every weekend. And uh, yeah, great opportunity. If you could only go to one, you could only go to one. If you could go to all three, that's great. So Can I go? Can I play? Well, see, uh, me and Lucas Cash have already kind of like, you know, you got some guys in their 30s. Can you teach us some? Yeah, some you got tricks? you got room for beer guts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told Lu- I think I, I don't know if I commented to Lucas or not, but I told him, you know, if the demand is there for, you know, people like yourself out above the age of 18, then maybe we'll have to open up an adult only camp. Yeah. We just, uh, we'll, we'll bring some star brothers beer. We'll, we'll, it'll be, it'll, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a we, good we time. Gotta, we gotta, after the show here, talk to, talk to bees about that. Maybe. Yeah. yeah we get great. that done. We yeah. get it and talk to Josh, get it, get some video of it. It'll be great. It'll be <laughs> wonderful. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, the form prior to this last win. Uh, it had been a, a little while, uh, since we'd had a win. Um, it also been, seemed to be a bit of shakiness, maybe after the open cup run, uh, did that play into uh, kind of, did the open cup run kind of play into maybe a bit of fatigue? Obviously there's a lot of games on the road games on Wednesday and then Saturday and then Wednesday and then Saturday. How does that mentally and, and physically play into kind of the form? I don't, I think the open cup definitely affected us in terms of, um, USL games right around that open cup. I think, you know, like, um, like the Fresno game, um, I can't remember what other game was right around that mm-hmm. same time where the Open Cup run came to an end. The um, tie against Los Dos was one of them. Yeah, exactly. Las Vegas. Las Vegas, definitely, that was the result. The tie at LA Galaxy. Um, and then we kind of regrouped, and we had a really good result on the road at Sacramento. Yeah. And, you know, we came together, and, and we went back to what made us successful early in the season, um, and we put a good performance at Sacramento. And then I can't wrap my head around what exactly went wrong with us in terms of the last, you know, four results before Oklahoma City. Um, but, you know, we certainly came together this week before the Oklahoma City game. And, and, you know, we went back to our ethos, which is hard work, humility, diligence. Beautiful. And uh, those things are going to make us successful regardless of who we're playing. You know, I, I think that it doesn't matter what team you're looking at if they have better players and or better stats or better careers under their belts um that doesn't matter you know if we stick to what we're good at and and working hard and playing as a team we we can beat anyone in this league yeah and um i don't think that the open cup affected those games i think certainly when you look at where we're at in the season we've played over 30 games Mm -hmm. and it's a long season it's a long season i think fatigue as a whole came into play um, and you know, you're kind of at that middle point where you don't see the end of the road, but you it's know, it's getting close, it's getting close, but you're, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you know, it's coming up. Sure. Um, and so I think that kind of played into a role. I think it's a, it's a long term, it's a long season and, and we kind of just, you know, got a little tired and got a little away from what made us successful and, and, you know, Thankfully, we came together and we put a good result uh, at Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean that 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 result against Oklahoma City. I was saying to RJ, I mean, and I think we talked about this before you coming, you came on. Uh, it looked like prime New Mexico United. Uh, the high energy was there, the press was there, uh, the passing was crisp. It, it, it looked comfortable. It looked nice. It looked like it did against El Paso was the last time that it looked like that. Um, and so, I mean, going into the rest of the season, you mentioned, you know, you can't quite see the end of the tunnel, but it's coming. You've got matchups against some of the teams in the table uh, who are toward the bottom. Colorado Springs, this next game, is a good example of that. Um, if you play like you did this past week, it's got to motivate you. It's got to get you excited to really make a run. 
Absolutely. I think um, I was really motivated after this game to even get back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a good result, but, you know, we can't, you know, have that result and then come back and say, oh, we're good. You mm-hmm. know, we're fine. Let's just, you know, go back to hanging out. And Especially then, with how tight the Western Conference is. Exactly. I think if we work, it should be motivated in the sense, at least it is for me, and I, and I would imagine it's going to be the same way when we get back together tomorrow as a group, is that, you know, how exciting is it that we can play like that and we can beat anyone? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, anyone in this league can beat anyone at any given time. You'll, you'll see crazy results at the end of the season, I guarantee it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like when we, when we beat Phoenix 5-0. I can't wait. It's going to yeah, be great. Gonna be great. We have their number. Yeah. I mean, we have played them uh, twice and we've never lost. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Take that and shove it up your dollar <laughs> beer night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, looking at that, I know you guys like to take it one game at a time and, and not not look ahead, but y- you have a chance to do something really special with these last few games at home and then with the potential of, of hosting a playoff match. I, mean, I, I, I don't think this kind of, you guys talk about it, but is there any talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to enter the mind at least a little bit. Maybe you push it away. Yeah, I think it's in everyone's mind. Um, you know, we certainly looked at the entire schedule before going into Oklahoma City as a group. Um, you know, Troy had a really good uh, talk with us and, and showed us all the games we have up ahead. Um, and, yeah, I think it's it's crazy that we, we haven't had good results over the last four games prior to this one, and we're still kind of control our own destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really exciting. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We got a great opportunity, six out of the last seven at home. Yep. Um, what an opportunity that is to play in front of the best fans in the league um, at what should be, in my opinion, the toughest place to play um, around, especially in the Western Conference. So it's a great opportunity for us. So nice. this is your uh, second expansion team, right? Yes. With New Mexico United. What, what are the big differences you, you've noticed between the two expansion clubs? Um, you know, I have nothing but the most respect for Reno. Um, yeah, and actually, when when you guys went out there, we we saw a lot of the love that they were showing for you, yeah, and the tifo that they made for you it was really cool, and we were really excited about that. And so, yeah, they made they um had a couple of the tifos that they had made over the last couple of years, essentially, and you know, I I had signed them from my rookie year, and they all signed them, which was great, and and um you know they sent me home with that stuff. It was it was really um heartwarming, um but yeah, I have nothing but the most respect for that organization and and. Those are some of my best friends on that team still. Um, and Ian Russell is a, a phenomenal coach. I, I hope he gets a shot in the MLS at some point. I think he deserves it. Um, but I think the biggest difference, I would say, is that organization is run by the baseball organization. So it would be like if the Isotopes were running New Mexico United. Mm-hmm. And Same I, thing with El Paso. Yeah, exactly. Chihuahuas. And yeah. it it's I think it's difficult to do two things at mm-hmm. once. You know, baseball is so much different than soccer. You know, for instance, like we didn't have um, a, a training facility specific because I don't think that they knew that soccer required a training facility, a training field, because baseball doesn't need a training yeah, facility. Right. They either practice the day of the game, you know, at their stadium or on the road, or they just don't practice because they play so many games throughout the season. So, um, and I don't think they marketed it. it individually from the baseball team and i think those were the biggest differences so it was kind of selling like joint packages together like tickets for both or no not necessarily tickets for both but your ticket salesman who's selling your baseball tickets is trying to sell your soccer tickets too so those everyone all of a sudden you know once they decided to bring a soccer team i think was wearing two hats Mm -hmm. um probably for you know the same 
amount of money and sure. it's difficult. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously you yourself are a Lobo uh, and that goes to one of our questions we got on Twitter from the Sandinistas uh, and Sandinistas uh, says, what former Lobo who is not currently on New Mexico United would you like to see join the team next year? Any former Lobos? What former Lobo? Um, so obviously it's got to be a, a a Lobo that's currently playing. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, gosh, there's so many good players. Um, you know, there's Blake Smith, who was just with Cincinnati, who's now in the Canadian Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Kafari, who is these are just Lobos that I played with. Um, Michael Kafari, who's playing with uh, the New York Cosmos as of recently. Michael Reed, who's with Nashville. Justin Davis, who's also with Nashville. Um, just to name a few, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some. They're probably going to get upset at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kyle Venter, who's with Tucson. You know, there's so many good, talented players. You could probably make a USL team of just former Lobos and be somewhat successful, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, I'm biased, but um, gosh, one one, per, one person. Um, I mean, this is a, a, a club, uh, not a club, excuse me, a, a team that has... Uh, I mean, they went to the national championship game. I mean, that's this is a club with a lot of a team with a lot of history, and yeah, obviously, you know, we can we can get into and RJ and I have in the past talk about how stupid of a decision it was to get <sighs> rid of that team. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's a team that went to the finals of the College Cup. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and you know, all the players that I'm naming off were you know part of the team that um, went to the final four my redshirt freshman year in 2013. Right. Um, you know, I think uh, Michael Reed is a player who. I didn't get to play with, but I have such respect for him, and he took a really unfortunate injury. Um, I think a guy like that would be so beneficial for um, a team like New Mexico United. Um, he's a good, talented player in the center midfield, but he just brings so much experience and leadership, and, and uh, he's a great mentor to younger players. I think I think a player like that who's got history in New Mexico is you know someone who would do really well at a place like this. So I think, and I don't know if you, I don't. Don't remember if you mentioned him or not. I want Nico Hansen here. You bring him in from Dynamo. That would be. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, Nico is another player. And you play. He, he was there. You guys yeah, were there yeah, at the we, same time, right? Yeah, we played four years together. Um, I didn't even name Nico. Yeah, Nico is. Uh, I didn't name Nico in the sense that I think um, you know, just like all the other players I named, he's a very talented player. I think he deserves to be in the MLS. I think he deserves to stay at that level. Yeah, for, but selfishly, uh, selfishly, of course. <laughs> I want him here. Yeah, no, he's he's phenomenal talent, incredible athlete. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I hopefully he um, stays on at Dynamo. I think uh, it was a good trade for him. But yeah, it, he would be a he would do really well in this league. I mean, in the way RGV works, next time we play them, maybe he'll be playing with RGV because they send everybody down. So potentially that'd be good. It'd be good. I like I like yeah. Nico a lot. Um, but anyway, so uh, again, looking ahead, we've got uh, some some matchups that are winnable. Certainly winnable. There's got to be one that you're most excited about, and I would imagine it's next Friday playing against your former club. How exciting is that? Oh, I'm I'm really excited. I'm just uh, I, you know, I'm excited to have some of my friends out here, um, you know, show them a little Michael Thomas coffee, a little <laughs> Marble Brewery after the game, maybe um, or before. <laughs> I'll show <laughs> them. them yeah, Brewery. exactly. Make sure that they really enjoy the new uh, pumpkin noir coming out. <laughs> yeah, I'll introduce them to Double Whites the night before the game. That's maybe. right. <laughs> Tell them they're you know low percentage. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited for that game. You know, I think. I think I'm more excited in the fact that we lost to them the first round. That was our first loss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm just excited to, um, you know, I'll, I'll be extra motivated that game for sure. Wonderful. It'll be a good game. Wonderful. 
I yep. think that's all we've got, Bees. And every time we bring on a player, a coach, uh, we've brought on Peter, uh, we always give them a minute at the end uh, to give a shout-out to whoever they want, a cause they want, a family member, a friend, uh, fans, whomever you want. The floor is yours, Mr. Weehan. Oh, wow. Um, no, I think to go in line with um, you know the ALS Foundation that you had on, um, Pat Grange, who you know was affected by ALS, him and his family, um, you know, former UNM player, and then a, a teammate of mine, Jimmy Schneebeck. Um, his dad passed away from ALS. I think um, it's a really terrible disease, and get out and support. Uh, you know, this weekend at the tailgate, and whatever way possible, whether that's just join at the tailgate or with your dollars or um, whatever it is. Um, yeah, but just shout out to them and, and their families, and you know, you know, you never forget those people, even though they're gone, and, and hopefully there's a cure for that disease someday. Well said, Bees. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck this weekend against Colorado Springs. We'll be there and we'll be loud for you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, we appreciate you, Bees. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Curse Cats. We'll be right back after this. New Mexico United Soccer. More than a team. This is a family. We wanted so badly, so desperately to do this for Justin and his family and honor his dad. And we honored him in the best way possible. You better not be the one to doubt her. We had to Because we going to blow your own mind. What a win with the goalie. We had, and it's 3 now. We going to blow your own mind. New Mexico United Soccer on ESPN Radio 1017. The team. We going to blow your own mind. So come a little closer and you'll see why. Welcome back into the Curse Cast. RJ, I think it's the first episode we've had where we have four segments. We've never done that before. No, yeah. I like it too. Two guests, four segments. It is what it is. Um, so uh, we're getting now to your favorite part of the show. I still love this. Man, I've missed this. <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, but we decided to switch it up. We do this every once in a while. And we're going to do a good, a good, and an ugly. Double goods. It's wonderful. But we always start with the ugly to end on a good note. RJ, do you want to go first? Do you want to go second? What do you want to I'll go first. All right, later. I'll go me. first. Uh, my ugly is a guy by the name of Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia. He was the referee for the uh, United Orange County game. Oh, yes. That guy did not have any control over the game. That guy didn't know. He looked like me at the beginning of the season ref in the game. Yeah. It that was... guy didn't know what soccer was. Well, and my, my biggest concern with Luis uh, was, so we had six minutes of added time at the end of the second half, and... About three minutes, at least, was taken up by players being down, whether it be fake injury, real injury, whatever you want. To, that, that's irrelevant. When you have that as a referee, the six minutes that you indicated at the start of stoppage time is a minimum. That, that, that is a minimum. He blew his whistle right at 96. He didn't add the extra time within the, the stoppage time at all. So, no. essentially, the Orange County players were rewarded entirely for taking a nap on the pitch. We had 26 shots in that game. We were dominating, and we ended up drawing because we didn't get the extra time we needed. I, it, again, we should have scored earlier. Sure, a million different ways we could have ended that, but to not get that extra time is infuriating. Well, and, and there's the the play where where 
one of the Orange County players stops the ball with his hands, mm-hmm. and and they called Devin for a bogus foul on the keeper right before that when Devin didn't even touch him. Sure. The ball was still in the air, so it's not like Devin was putting the guy in a compromising position. They were both going for the ball. Yeah. I know that's legal. I've I know that's legal. That sucks. Sucks if 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 I know that and a referee doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that should have been a penalty and a red card. And instead of that, they got rewarded for stopping the ball. That that could have been a goal too. Sure. I mean, not not only that, it well, once should have been a once, goal. Once the play is is blown dead, he has the right to. Once the well, the the whistle has been blown, he has the right to stop the ball. I will say with, with his hands. The foul call was bogus. I agree with you all. And it happens so fast that there's no way the guy knew it was blown dead. Sure. No, no, no chance. I mean, I don't even think the whistle, but had blown by the time he stopped it with his hands. Sure. So that was stupid. Can you on imagine his if the part. foul wasn't called. That's a red card and a penalty, and it's a completely different match at that point. Yeah. But it's not what happened, unfortunately. But. So, Luis, you suck, man. <laughs> All right. Stop refing these games, Luis. You suck. Well, this is uh, this is a perfect segue into my bat, my ugly rather, uh, which was uh, there was some negativity in the supporters section in that Orange County match. I got to say, um, you know, and the referee was awful. And there's no doubt about that. Um, and I'm not at all at any point trying to tell people what they should and shouldn't do. Merely a suggestion here, and I posted about this on Facebook. Um, I think it'd be really good for us as a group to do what we can to focus on the positives of our own players instead of necessarily focusing on on the negatives of, of the referee. And I'm not saying don't call out the referee. If he deserves it, call him out. Uh, you know, if the other players are wasting time, you know, I love hitting them with the Pobrecito chant. That's one of my favorites. Um, but I really want to make sure that this is a positive environment as possible as, as much as we can. Um because negativity sometimes scares people away, mm-hmm. and and we want to make this a welcoming environment. We have created something so awesome uh, in that supporters section, and something so great, and everybody feels welcome. And um, we want to continue that. Again, I'm not trying to tell anybody what they should and shouldn't do. Merely a suggestion. Um, trying to stay as positive as we can. I think it's a good thing. Uh, for this match, I think it was a perfect storm, pun intended, with the uh, long lightning delay, yeah. the frustrating results from the several games before this, yeah. and then the referee on top of all that. He was I awful. think yeah. it was a perfect storm where where just the frustrations built over and it poured out from the supporters section. And, and, and I'm glad there was no like throwing stuff on the field. Yes. People, I mean, there was a point where someone ran onto the field. Yeah. To, that was not. And that the best. wasn't from the curse, and no. that wasn't even really from the supporter section. It was kind of a guy who ran down the aisle. Yeah, and 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 overall, I think to your point, uh, the, the supporter section overall has been overwhelmingly positive throughout the season. I just want to make sure we stick with that yeah. as much as possible. I think it's again, it's it, we have such a great environment and such a great community that we collectively, the collective we, the thousands of people mm-hmm. have built together. I want to make sure we hang on yeah. to that. It's important. And like I was saying, I wholeheartedly believe that this was an anomaly and sure. not, not not the trend. Absolutely. So uh, I'm looking forward to these next matches because there's so much on, on the line. And I believe the curse is going to be back to what oh, yeah. we are. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into the good. RJ. Uh, my good is there was an Albuquerque police officer during the long <laughs> lightning delay. Yeah. Well, okay, okay. So there was a beach ball bouncing around the supporter section during halftime in the lightning delay. Mm-hmm. And Isotope security guy took the ball away and, and went away. Yep. An APD officer recognized these people are getting grouchy and they were just having fun. So he went, got the ball back, threw it back into the crowd. So <laughs> my good is that police officer who's just recognized, like, these guys just need to have a little fun right now yeah. and, and went. And it, it's good because you see a lot of negative stories about APD. And, and I mean, they're just humans. Yeah, they're absolutely. Just a bunch of 
guys and gals that are, are working for us in the public sector. So yeah. to, to they see, have to put up with a lot of crap too. and they do. And, and there was a one point where I tried to get APD and the isotopes to do a little dance off. Yeah, they were not and, having, they that. Weren't having it, but they were friendly about it. They, they, were. they joked around about it. And but uh, to, to your point, I talked to the security guy and he, after he took the ball, uh, and I was like, Hey, can we get our, can we get our ball back? And he's like, Oh no, sorry. I popped it. And he didn't pop. No, he just didn't it back. He's a good guy too. Yeah. Like most There's of the, no, the security guys are right great. In front of our section. Uh, I mean, the beginning of the season, they kind of came out to, to, to establish their dominance, but it's a good relationship. Been a bunch of teddy bears our, from, our, since then. The security guys, uh, the isotope security guys slash, I guess they're technically United security guys have been awesome guys and gals, excuse me. Yep. And, and the APD officers who have been there with us have been great. It's, it's really been a positive thing and, and we appreciate them. Uh, yeah, frankly, any, we need them. Yeah, we do. Anytime yeah. there's been an issue in the sports they section, they've been quick. on top of it. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's been very safe this season. I felt, very safe with me and my wife and the girls kind of hanging out at the top of the sporter section or me and my wife down in the front row when we're there. So I f- we feel safe and they do a great job of making sure that everything stays great. Yeah. All right. So my first good uh, also goes into kind of the isotopes category. Um, and that is that, well, their season is over, so we don't have to share the stadium anymore, which is really great for one reason in particular. And that is, I, as far as I know, I could be wrong, but. I would imagine this would allow the grass to grow better. Am I, am I right in that? I don't know exactly how it works, but maybe it allows the grass to stay there permanently so it can set root a little bit. I don't know exactly how it works, but I'm hoping this is the good is the good is hope. I guess uh, I am hoping that it means that essentially we will have better grass because some of the grass in certain situations and in the infield in particular, it's, I mean, it's tough. We've talked about it before. Yeah. yeah as in a few matches where it's just torn up and, yeah. and looks awful. And, and, and Troy is out there stomping, stomping down the divots. Down. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, I mean, the isotopes grounds crew is like no nationally, like they, they win national awards, but there's only so much you can do putting sod on top of baseball clay. Yeah. So hopefully this will help. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for a better quality pitch uh, as we move into the, the final stretch of the regular season and, and postseason. Hopefully we host a game. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, it sucks because this is the time of year that uh, uh, grass kind of starts to die around here. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, then maybe maybe it'll match, maybe in it'll that match the clay and the dead <laughs> grass might match now. But no, Wonderful. no, it's uh, I'm hoping that we get that field looking really good because we're the only ones using it now. And yeah. we should be using it deep into November. So we should... Amen. Hopefully set root. Absolutely. All right. Your final good, RJ. My final good. Of the day, not ever. Of my final good <laughs> is uh, United. Uh, Bees talked about this a little bit, and we mm-hmm. kind of heard a few things that they were getting back to the uh, to the ethos mm-hmm. of, of the team. And that's what made United so special at the beginning of the year. And, and to hear them kind of recognizing that and wanting to get back to that. I think even you and I and... Uh, Andrew mm-hmm. went back to our ethos. We were wearing different shirts. I was wearing my, <laughs> yeah. my original curse shirt this weekend yep. just to try to. I wore one of mine as well. Uh, just, just, just to mix it up. Just to mix it up and, and you know, reset some stuff and, and get, get those good feels on our side again. And it's good. I think it's good every once in a while just to, to take a minute and I guess realize where we are and where we've been and how we got here. Um, and to, uh, what's the old phrase, stop and smell the roses. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, get back to, to where we need to be and focus on what this is all about, which is on the field, obviously winning soccer matches, but off the field, it's about community uh, and building that community uh, with regard to the curse, with regard to tailgates, with regard to 
as I said, in the supporters section and, and making sure everybody feels welcome as much as possible. And, and there's a lot of things that we can just as a group get back to. And I think I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, in the beginning of the season, we came out with that fire, both in the, in the curse and with the team and mm-hmm. getting back to that and realizing, Hey, this is what was working. And we had that chip on our shoulder and maybe that chip got a little lighter when we started beating Colorado Rapids and, and FC Dallas and playing at Minnesota yeah. and, and we're in first place for, for a good portion of the beginning of the season. So yeah. I think getting back to like, Hey, we need, we need to establish that fire we had in our bellies at the beginning of the year. And it looked like it was there for a lot of that game at, at Oklahoma City minus the one mistake I think yeah. they played a, a complete game and it was amazing to see and, and and hearing the guys talk about it I think I I think we're going to end the season on on a very special note. Well, that is uh the most perfect segue into my good which is that this was our in my opinion our most complete road performance of the season. Uh you know, we had a great game at Austin earlier in the season where we won 3-1 that was fantastic, but in my opinion this was more complete. Uh, I talked about this a little bit before, but, uh, you know, offensively, some beautiful goals, two from Devin, great bicycle kick, and uh, really great from from Brucey to make that run down the right side and lay it off to Bees, great passing, great finishing. Our midfield was absolutely fantastic. I've already raved about how good of a match David Estrada played. Uh, just his passing was perfect, crisp. Uh, his, his vision was wonderful. And defensively, despite that one mistake, be other than that, I mean, Justin Schmidt was fantastic. Uh, Rush was great other than that one mistake. Uh, you know, Manny, oh my God, his distribution was out of this world. And I, I've said this a million times. He is His distribution is criminally underrated. I mean, the guy can send it across like nobody's business. When we play all facets of the match like that, we can beat anyone. And I know I said this earlier, earlier in the episode, but I just, if we play like that, well, we can beat anyone. We really can. And you mentioned in your in your last good there, you know, we started off the season with this chip on our shoulder. And then maybe maybe we got a little full of ourselves. I'm not sure. But now that we've had a little bit of a tough stretch prior to this, maybe teams are starting to discount us again. Maybe it's perfect timing for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we get that chip on our shoulder again and we make a run. Uh, and it's up to these guys. It's up to the the 11 guys on the pitch, you know, the 23 on the roster and the coaches uh, to make that happen. It's up us, to us to stay behind them and to be loud and cheer for them um, and, and spur them on to victory. And I'm excited for the, the final bit of the season. I'm excited for the community we're continuing to build. I'm excited for the playoffs. Um, and I'm excited to to get some wins. So let's make it happen. Let's do it. Uh, all right. That's our episode for tonight. Uh, David. We're gonna be on the radio. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention that. Okay. So uh, this is uh, this is pretty cool. We've been doing this podcast for quite some time now, and it's been great. It's been exciting. It's been fun. RJ, you and I have had a blast. Um, kind of a cool step for us. KSWV Radio, K Suave in Santa Fe, uh, is now going to be. Uh, well, they're going to be broadcasting this podcast, which is pretty awesome. Uh, they're going to be. We we don't have an exact time yet, and we'll let you know as soon as we do. But hey, we are on the radio, KSWV Radio. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, thanks to Esteban up there, who is uh, putting a little faith in us and is excited to uh, to have the content there. We're excited to to produce some content for him. And yeah, if you're listening in Santa Fe, K Suave Radio, tune in, listen to us. Yeah, we thank you guys too for uh, for tuning in, and, and this is just the the awesomeness of New Mexico United bringing these communities together. Here's our uh, the curse part. We have a uh, uh, a boxcar 
up in Santa Fe where you can watch the uh, of the official Curse Watch Party of Santa Fe. And now, Kesuave, how cool is this? Yeah, thing? it's really cool. Well, and uh, I mean, as far as those watch parties, there's only one away match left in the regular season. So get to those. You've got Boxcar in Santa Fe is one, but we've got others. Yeah, we do. We got uh, Rio Bravo Brewing here in Albuquerque. We also got Star Brothers Brewing. We got uh, um, Bosque down in Las Bosque Cruces. down in Las Cruces. So we've got plenty of places to go watch this last game, this last road game. Last away road game. Last but again, game. there will also be, if, if we happen to be on a road match in the postseason, we'll have watch, you better bet we'll have watch parties then oh, too. man, I can't wait to do that watch party when we're playing Phoenix. Yeah. For the championship. Yeah. When we, Just uh, kidding. Phoenix is going to get knocked out in the first round. Well, you know what? I would love nothing more than to beat them in the Western Conference Final. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? God. I I'll, I will go to that match. I will find a way to take off work and go to that match. You know, I I, I don't think they'll make it. Yeah. I don't. I do not believe they will make it. They're they're peaking too early, huh? They've peaked. All right. They've so all right, all right. You know what? Let's. I was about to say we can make our postseason predictions. Let's wait until we get to the end of the regular season, and then you and I maybe we'll do a uh, like a postseason prediction podcast or something like that. That'll be fun. That'll be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. New Mexico United is going to win it also. Absolutely. Uh, David, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I we, we got Colorado Springs this weekend. Yeah. And I'm expecting United to take out more of those frustrations on Colorado Springs. I agree. I hope you're right, and I think you're right. So uh, I think we win 4-1. to 4-1. to one. Okay. Uh, we're playing at home against a team that we have beaten before on the road. A couple team that, times. A, yep. A team that has – yeah, we beat them in Open Cup too. That's right. A team that has struggled um, to score goals. Uh, I'm gonna say we we get a rare clean sheet. I think we win this one. I'll say three nil, three nil to New Mexico. All right, David. Let's get out of here. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time, somos unidos. We are united. For the taking, the earth is shaking from that groovy quaking, coming out of this guitar, and, and the beat goes on and on and on. Someday.